Welcome in to the Locked On Stars podcast. I'm Josh Clark, the Dallas correspondent at NHL.com, joined by Kenneth Nash, the site expert at NolanWrighton.com on the fan sided network. It is late Thursday night when we are recording this, and by late, I mean 11.28 p.m. late. The Stars game just ended about two and a half hours ago. Kenneth, it's Thursday night, but by the time people are listening to this, it'll be Friday. So you know what? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, Josh. Happy Friday to all of our listeners. It's almost the weekend. Happy Friday to everybody but the Blues, right? Okay, Uh, but it's almost the weekend. It's almost the weekend, but the weekend for me just means it's the start of either a baseball or softball series at at work. So my weekend really is just like Sunday to Monday. I feel kind of sorry for you. Not at all. No, you don't. Yeah, you're right. I really don't. Not a bit. Um, I'm used to that lifestyle. We, we're going to suffer together. Uh, but besides that... March is going to suck for you. Yes. Don't even mention it. We're going to be recording. It's You're coming down with me because we're going to be recording yeah, this podcast like one in the morning. I just have to sit here and wait for you to finish. Yeah. Wait for me to come back from the AAC. Exactly. Um, all, all 10 of those home games. But for now, it's Friday. Happy Friday to all of our listeners. Hope this podcast finds you well. Hopefully you've got... Some fun plans for this weekend, and hopefully you're going to power through this final day of the work week and get into the month of March. Kenneth, winter's on its way out. Spring's on the way in. It was a little chilly here today. Don't know how it was in Mississippi. Little chilly? Chilly. Yeah, yeah a little chilly, but it's getting there. It's slowly, we're getting, we're getting higher and higher in the temperatures every day. So besides that, hopefully you're having a good Friday already, whether you're listening to us in the morning or evening. As we mentioned, the Stars just wrapped up a second stop of their road trip just a few hours ago in Boston at TD Garden with a 4-3 loss to the Boston Bruins. It was their 64th game of the regular season, so they are now at 37-21-6 on the year. And Kenneth, we're just going to go ahead like we do on the night after a game. We're just going to go ahead and dive right into talking about the game as a whole because obviously there was a lot that happened in that game a lot of random parts a lot of unexpected parts a lot of atypical parts but by the end of it another entertaining Dallas Stars game that this time they came up just short yeah we talked about on yesterday's show that this was arguably the biggest test of the year for them on the road against the best team in the east arguably the best team in the NHL right now in the Boston Bruins. The standings say uh, so. The standing I say arguably because arguably tends to prevent arguments, right? There it's you like go. a qualifier. Yeah. Someone will come in and, and, say, and tell you, you the Rangers are the best team right now because they're winning a bunch of games in a row. And then we will laugh at them. Yes, um, exactly. But you know, it was a, it was a, we talked about it yesterday. This was not a, a good matchup for the Stars, right? It's a team that can score a lot of goals, which the Stars yep. can usually counteract that. Problem is, the Bruins also play stellar defense. Yes. And the Stars are a team that usually needs 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 it to be a strength on strength and a weakness on weakness, not a strength and strength on a strength and weakness. And that makes yes. sense. That's exactly. a little yeah, yeah. A little math. A it, little math it makes enough you. sense. I'm like 30% asleep and it makes sense to me, so we're fine. Okay. Yeah. So, good. it was a tough matchup for Dallas. You know, in the, in the big landscape, I know we're going to kind of dive into some more you know, specific things. In a big landscape, it's a loss, and right. the Stars are never going to be satisfied with the loss. But there were positives. Um, yeah. I told you before we started recording, I said, the, the thing that I take away as a big picture thing 
is that the Stars, if they were to get into, hypothetically, a, a playoff series against the Bruins, which would obviously have to be in the Stanley Cup Finals, they would not be played off the ice, which I think a lot of teams would be, because I think the Bruins are really, really good. Yeah. The Stars obviously can, can go punch for punch with them and save for a, a few minutes there in the second period. They did. And so, you know, there's bright spots, but at the end of the day, the Stars are going to tell you this. They didn't get the job done uh, in a, a game where they had a big opportunity to steal two big points on the road against a great Boston Bruins team. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Kit, there are positives to take, and Rick Bonus even pointed out those positives, as well as a few other players after the game. You know, the the phrase, we're not far off, we're not that far off, we're not far off at all, we're close. Those phrases were kind of reverberated throughout the throughout the team, all the players that were interviewed in the post-game scrums tonight, the, the interviews, you can find those, all of those on uh, the Stars Twitter page. Uh, but Kenneth... One quote that stuck out to me was Rick Bonus's quote. They actually used it in the caption when I was listening to his postgame scrum. He said, if that's the measuring stick, which a lot of people called this a measuring stick game because when you're going up against the best team in the NHL, it's going to show you kind of where you're at in terms of competing with them. He said, if that's the measuring stick that they're the best team, we can play with them. We can play with anyone. We just have to stick with the program for a full 60 minutes. And like you mentioned, Kenneth, there were – a good number of positives in this 60-minute span, but it just wasn't 60 minutes of positives, if that makes sense. So No, 100%. Yeah. It, it started out, first period, uh, the enigma. Uh, the enigma goal, I like to call it now. I, I would like to claim that goal. I was going to put okay, that out. Okay, yeah, you know what? Now, now that NHL, there's really nobody knows I did, who scored I it. I didn't so touch it, it could have but been that me. does not matter. Yeah, I thought I had I didn't. It, but... <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Um, so if, if you didn't get a chance to watch the game or haven't followed this debate on Twitter and this this quarrel, uh, John Klingberg had supposedly scored a power play goal and a shot from the point at 17.38 of the first. Then a few minutes later, during first intermission, the NHL made an official scoring change and gave it to Jamie Benn, which marked his 300th NHL goal. And Kenneth... Being with Fox Sports Southwest, working with social media, I quickly, you know, got on my laptop, made some graphics for Ben's 300th goal, big celebration, put it on Twitter, put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, only to be torn down about 30 minutes later when the NHL gave the goal back to John Klingberg. And so then, so we've already gone through two scoring changes. So I then tweet out a gift kind of to save my own tail. Uh, and actually, TJ Thornton, the star social media manager, I was texting him about this, and we're we're debating back and forth, like, what are we supposed to do? Unfortunately for him, he had a sponsored element attached to it. So real real difficult, uh, sticky situation here. But we were like, you know what? We're going to – we'll just delete him and just uh, send out like a gift or something that says, okay, well, rats, he didn't get it. He's still a 299. Kenneth, at 10 – I believe it was 1038. Um, yeah. yeah, I believe it was at 10:38 p.m. The NHL tweeted out another uh, scoring change, and it was for the goal to be given back to Jamie Ben in the first period. So three scoring changes. Meanwhile, Jamie Ben told both the referees and the media tonight. After they had announced in the building that he got the goal, he went over to the officials and said. I did not touch that puck. That's not yeah. my goal. And so we were like, okay, yep, he de- he definitely didn't touch it. He's admitting it. But now the NHL is saying he did, in fact, touch it. So 
Who really knows anymore? We're, we're not even going to get into that because I'm already disgusted enough trying to figure out if I should post a graphic or hold off. Um, we'll see. But besides that, Ben getting that goal early on in the first period. Charlie Coyle then scoring on a batted puck out of midair. Bats it past Bishop. Uh, the stick got close to the crossbar but never passed. So tying the game with 16 seconds left to go into first intermission on a 1-1 tie. And Kenneth, in that first intermission, going into that first intermission, it was about as typical of a period as you would expect between the first and second best defensive teams. 10-9 to was the shot total. The Bruins had 10 total shots, only four of which came at even strength. Meanwhile, the Stars with nine shots, seven of which came at even strength. And both teams only scoring one goal on the power play, no even strength tallies. Yeah, it was it was a really kind of cagey first period if I, yeah. I guess that's that's kind of a soccer term more than it hockey, works but we'll use it it, it applies here. yeah where there, there was both teams were kind of content to take a shot and retreat back on defense um not to say that there, there was four checking but it was not heavy they were not trying to pin pin the other team in deep they were more it was a feeling out process is what it was both right. these teams know that they're defensively stout these are the top two defensive teams in the NHL NHL right now and so it, it was a it was kind of a, a weird affair, and even the NBCSN broadcast kind of talked about, you know, from the Stars' perspective, that was how you wanted the first period to go, right? Limit opportunities, slow the game down a little bit, you yep. know, just kind of cycle through. They pick up the first goal, and Charlie Coyle gets gets one back right before the end of the period on what was a really nice play uh, to kind yeah. of bunt it to himself and, and slap it into the goal. So, you know, leaving that period, the Stars – probably felt pretty okay they got their goal they kind of got things going the power play they killed off one penalty gave up the goal in the second pk but it was just kind of it was a feeling out process and it really felt like things were going to heat up in the second period and i thought they did yeah they really did and we've still got a lot to talk about those final two periods a lot happened between both teams for both teams and we will cover that after a quick break. We'll step aside here on the Locked On Stars podcast. When we return, we'll talk the rest of this game, talk about the Stars, uh, how they fared against playoff uh, against teams in a playoff spot right now through 60 to 65 games, uh, depending on what team we're talking about, how they fared so far, and what that could mean you know, for the home stretch and for the postseason when the Locked On Stars podcast continues in a moment. Back here, Locked On Stars podcast. It is Friday. A happy Friday to all of you listening. I'm Josh Clark, the Dallas correspondent at NHL.com, joined by Kenneth Nash, the site expert at NolanWrighton.com on the Fan Side of Network. Kenneth, we're we're at 11:39 now on a Thursday night. Um, I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I assume you're tired. If not, I'm upset with you for not being tired. You need to be more tired. Uh, just letting I you am know. I'm tired. Okay, good. Then, then we're in the same boat. But other, regardless, we're recapping a Dallas Stars uh, 4-3 loss to the Boston Bruins on Thursday night at TD Garden. That was stop two in a three-game road trip. Arguably their, their toughest three-game road trip of this season, Kenneth. They started out on Tuesday 
in Carolina taking on a Hurricanes team that had just kind of stocked up at the trade deadline the day before. They pull out a 4-1 to win there in Raleigh. Then they go to Boston tonight. They lose 4-3. to The Bruins obviously sitting atop the Eastern Conference and NHL as a whole in the standings right now. And finally, they will conclude the trip on Saturday night, February 29th, Leap Day, at Enterprise Center in St. Louis, taking on the best team in the West in the Blues. So a, a tough road trip, really kind of a measuring yep. stick road trip, as they, as a lot of people have called it. And tonight was a measuring stick game for the Stars. And while they didn't come away with any points, they lose it four to three, and they show off a lot of a lot of positives. We talked about it in the first block, Kenneth. They really looked good in that first period. They came out swinging. It, it took them nine minutes to get a shot on goal, but once they got that shot on goal, they really started becoming the better team over that final eight to ten minutes of the first period. Um, but then the second period rolls around, and the wheels kind of it, it, there's there's a bit of a shuffle, and it, the yeah. wheels don't fall off, but there's definitely a stutter for this Stars team, and it all started with a goal that Rick Bonus hemmed in on in his post-game scrum. He talked about the Bruins' second goal and fourth goal as the turning points in this game because they were both as as they will as people will call them tap-in goals. In other yeah. words, they set themselves the the opposing team sets itself up for a goal that no one will miss. A wide open yeah. net, a chance to score. The goalie's out of position. And it's due to whether it's good passing, whether it's a nice move, whether the defense loses an assignment, falls out of position. But that second goal by the Bruins, scored by Brad Marchand at the 14:44 mark, was a bit of a backbreaker because it just didn't look like it didn't look like a goal that the regular Dallas Stars defense would give up. Yeah, it was a strange one, and I think part of it was hurt because McAvoy, who who ended up with the primary assist. Yeah. was gearing up to take a shot on goal. Uh, and he whiffed. And, that's, and he whiffed. And Bishop right. had come all the way across his crease to square up that shot. And when McAvoy whiffed, everybody just kind of froze for a second. And, except and credit to him, Brad Martian. Except Brad Martian. He did a nice shot because he was kind of in front of the net. When he whiffed, when McAvoy whiffed, he, he just switched, went to the other side of the crease, unmarked basically. And credit to McAvoy for keeping his head up. You know, not committing to slapping another shot right back at Bishop, but just slid it across the slot, and, and it was an easy goal for Brad Marchand. So it was a good goal from that standpoint. Yeah, kind of fluky in that it really, I, if McAvoy doesn't whiff on that first one, I don't think they score there because Bishop was there to square up his attempt. Um, that being said, that really it was it came at a bad time for the Stars. They had started off the second period. Um, and they not a little bit before that they'd had a really good offensive shift where they got a lot yeah. of chances yeah. on goal and it, and it really felt like you know the moment we talked about momentum earlier this week and how momentum kind of how we envision momentum in hockey and it really felt like the stars were starting to press in a little bit yeah. on that Bruins goal and then just you know in a switch Bruins score once and the momentum's gone and then the Bruins score again and now the stars are on their heels which just kind of shows you how how quickly things can change in hockey right but it was a good goal even though it was kind of a tap in but it really kind of shifted things in the game in my mind and it really rick bonus is on it when he said that it it was a turning point in the game exactly exactly right kenneth and you look at that fourth goal scored by david posternock in the third period uh 
actually came in between two stars goals. It was a given. It was just a typical give and go play, and it's really not one that the stars would typically allow uh, a team to just kind of carve them up like they did. But Nick Ritchie and David Pasternak, Pasternak passing off to Ritchie and then hitting the gas, splitting the stars defense, and then scoring on a tap in when Bishop had come to the post to cover for a potential Ritchie shot. Ritchie feeds it across, almost like the Marshan play, and. Uh, Pasternak tips it in for his 46th goal of the season. That also leads all NHL players. And so a big night for the Bruins offense, scoring four goals. Two of those the Stars not happy with and Rick Bonus not happy with. It's basically they they got away from their identity on those two goals, Kenneth. And as you see, they lost by one. So you take away one of those goals, and then we could have a totally different game here. Uh, We could be talking about a totally different game here. But uh, besides that, the second period, Nick Ritchie scores a minute and a half later uh, after Marshan scores to give the Bruins a 3-1 to one advantage. Obviously, this was Ritchie's first game with the Bruins since being traded by the Ducks on Monday at the deadline. So he scores his ninth goal of the season. And it seemed as though the Bruins kind of took charge from there. But at the same time, the Stars didn't let up. Uh, also, we, we'd be remiss to not mention Joe Pavelski fighting for the first time <laughs> since 2017, fighting David Krejci. It was kind of an who also odd does, fight. Who also doesn't yeah, fight. Yeah, <laughs> who also hadn't fought since 2017. Uh, I, think, I, I think I tweeted out that Pavelski has five or six career fights Krejci, it was only his second time fighting since 2011, so kind of a weird fight, but an eventful one nonetheless. A couple of good punches by both uh, that were landed, and other than that, Kenneth, they, the Stars go into the second intermission down 22 to 19 in terms of shots, go down three to one on the scoreboard, but they come out in the third, and no more than a minute and a half in. Denis Gryanov scores his 19th goal of the season on a really nice pass from Essa Lindell. It's actually a deflection goal by Gryanov yeah. on a Lindell point or a Lindell shot from the top of the circle, and that that line again, Kenneth, the Hints Dickinson Gryanov line contributes a timely goal at a at a a critical juncture in the game, and gets the Stars back within one. But then two minutes later, Pasternak scores, and then finally. Miro Haskinen scores with 2.24 left in the game. And Kenneth, at that moment, when you saw Haskinen score, and even the minute preceding that goal, it seemed, it really seemed as though the Stars were going to come back in this one. Yeah, it did. You know, that was a, they really, if one of the takeaways, the positives from the Stars, is that going down 3 1 to the Bruins, going to the third period, that's a, that's a, that is a part of a game, and that's a situation where I think a lot of a lot of fans would have just kind of expected you to just kind of just kind of just let time fly by, if that makes sense, and just kind of right. okay, we're down two goals to the best team in the league on the road, you know, whatever. Yeah, the Stars played hard. Obviously, Gurionov scores, and then they, they even giving up the goal to pass or not, they kept the foot on the gas. And you're right; I mean, the momentum they were really pinching in in that yeah. Boston zone. Um, they were really making things tough. Haskinen scores, and it felt like there there was a possibility, right, that they could yeah. maybe sneak an extra goal. And if they had gotten it to OT, you know, momentum they they would have gotten there with back to back goals. Momentum's in their 
their favor. Their speed plays really well in overtime. It would have been a really, really interesting turn of events. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. But you have to credit the team for the way they performed, even in a really, really tough situation, being down by two goals not once but twice. And in a really tough building that was coming alive more and more with each goal scored by Boston. But a great individual shift by Miro Haskin. We can't neglect to mention that either. Uh, and going all the way back on an empty net on the back check. Um, a, a Bruins player playing playing his, reading the play well, uh, making sure the net was blocked in a way. So Bruins player, I can't remember who it was, couldn't score. He ends up blowing a tire. Haskinen takes the puck, takes it all the way down the ice, and uh, ends up scoring the goal. Yeah. Uh, along with some really good passing from Ben and Sagan, or a pass to Ben, pass to Sagan. Just a really nice display of offense on the rush in a six on five situation after uh, preventing an empty net goal to get the Stars back within one. But ultimately, it wasn't in the cards. Uh, at the end of the night, can you look at the stat line? And as as Bonus said, almost we were right there. Like we were right there with them, had a chance to beat them, and it it shows that there there's they can compete with this team and run with this Bruins team. And if this team is the standard, they're pretty darn close to it. You look at the stat line: outshot them thirty four to twenty eight. Faceoffs were fifty one to forty nine in favor of the Stars. Both teams went one for two on the power play and consequently one for two on the penalty kill. Stars out hit him 28 to 25. Bruins blocked more shots 14 to 9. And then the giveaways were 11 11 apiece. So across the board, pretty even numbers for both teams. And that's, that's something the Stars can take pride in. They, they took on a team that's 39, 13, and 12 this year going into tonight. And they took it to them. And so an impressive showing by the Stars obviously doesn't come up with two points, but nonetheless, it's motivation, Kenneth, that they can be better and that they can play to this level on a regular basis. And potentially, if you stop those two wins, re-embrace your identity and stop those two goals against, those bad ones against, the tap-ins, you might have a different game on your hands after tonight at TD Garden. But other than that, uh, stars falling 4-3 to three to the Boston Bruins. We're going to step aside for a moment real quick. When we come back, we're going to have a quick talk on the playoff picture and how the Stars have fared against the other 15 teams in playoff spots at the moment and how that might translate down the stretch and into April and May when the Locked on Stars podcast continues in a moment. Back here, the Locked On Stars podcast. I'm Josh Clark, the Dallas correspondent at NHL.com, joined by Kenneth Nash, the site expert at NolanWrighton.com on the Fansider Network. Kenneth, it's Friday. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday to all of our listeners. It's almost the weekend, and whether you've got a lazy one in store or a fun-filled and eventful one in store, we hope this podcast finds you well and you're geared up and ready to get through this final day of work. Whenever you may be listening to us, we're wrapping up a busy Thursday night for the Stars, winning four to, or losing four to three rather against the Boston Bruins. Their second game of a three-game road trip, they won four to one against the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday. They'll finish the trip 
tomorrow night in St. Louis. Obviously, we won't be with you until Monday. We always take the weekends off. We need it to keep our sanity in check. Right, Kenneth? Yep. 100%. Yes. We, I, 100%. Yes. <laughs> just yes. Yes. Just yes. Okay, just yes. So, we're, we're obviously, we take the weekend off. We'll be back with you on Monday to break down that game against St. Louis. But, Kenneth, before we preview the game against the Blues, let's talk about the playoff picture for a minute. So, after the tonight's game, I did some research um, because, obviously, Boston completed the season sweep on Thursday night against the Stars. One, they claimed the 2-0-0 record um, being the top team in the East. Then the Blues being the top team in the West with 86 points at the moment. They won tonight in overtime against the Islanders. But with those two teams, Kenneth, the Stars are 1-5-0 against the Blues and Bruins combined. So not a great note. And obviously you, you can chop some of it up to the bad start this season. I know some people were trying to saying, you know, they, they played the Bruins and the Blues in their first two games of the season, lost both, but that was part of the one seven and one slide. Yes. But at the same time, Kenneth, that's part of their season. You, you can't just discount that and say, well, that doesn't count. Or those, those aren't, uh, you can't use those games as reference or, notes because that those count those are part of their record they're part of the schedule but when you look at the rest of the playoff picture the other the 15 teams the 15 other teams in a playoff spot combined record the stars are 18 12 and 2 this season so a pretty good look against teams that you could very well see in april may or june yeah they they do look they do look good against playoff teams and i think that's that is indicative of a very, very good hockey team. The question is going to be, and though if, if hockey plays out the way hockey plays out, they're going to have to figure this out, is they've got to find a way to get over the hump against these, these two teams. Um, you know, right. that's that's the making. This is a, a club that wants to be playing uh, for Stanley Cups and wants to be winning the Stanley Cup. And, and if you want to get there, you have to find a way to overcome these challenges, which for the Stars are clearly, first and foremost, St. Louis Blues, and secondly, the Boston Bruins. Um, you, you're probably going to end up facing one of them if you were to make a long run in the postseason. That's just usually how things tend to play out. But yeah. it's it's the, the talent's there, and we've known that, and they're playing well. And if you subtract that bad start of the season, they're up there with the Bruins as the best team in the NHL since then. Um, if you take you know that that horrible start to the season, do we know how good a hockey team they are? Right. Uh, and they show that by consistently beating other teams in the postseason picture, which is a good sign. The key is, can they get over that last little hit, that last little hiccup, which is going to be beating one of the two best teams in hockey, the leaders in the West or the leaders in the East? Exactly. And at 37-21-6, there's no denying that this Dallas Stars team is qualified to not only be in a playoff spot, but potentially make a deep run into the playoffs as well. But for that to happen, you're going to have to get over the hump that is the St. Louis Blues and the Boston Bruins, both of which have given you fits this year. Either that or hoping that both of those teams get taken out for you, which is very possible. Obviously, the earliest you would see the Bruins is if you make the Stanley Cup final. Earliest you would see the Blues, depending on how things play out. But at the moment, it looks as though you would either see the Blues in the first or second round of the playoffs. So regardless of how that plays out, you gotta you got to get over that hump at some point 
if you want to be considered a legitimate Stanley Cup contender, a legitimate team that can make a deep run. And right now, they've got the pieces, Kenneth. They've got the consistency. They've got the defensive mindset. They've got the playoff brand of hockey already adopted. All they got to do is just beat these teams now and get them out of their head. And their next chance to do that is in just a little over 24 hours from now. They'll be at Enterprise Center to face the Blues for the final game this season on Saturday night on Fox Sports Southwest. Make sure to tune in. But, Kenneth... It's a big game for a lot of reasons. One, this is a team that you've only beat one out of four tries this year. Two, this is a team that you are one and one against on their home ice. Yeah. Three, this is a team that just walloped you on your own home ice a week ago, five to one. And four, you're six points back of this team with, I know I had a lot of points there. Um, <laughs> we, I could have probably listed off three or four more. But four, this is a team that you're one game back of with, or three, three, six points back of with a game in hand yeah. in the Central Division standings. And so if you want to not only kind of exercise the demons, exercise the hold that this Blues team seems to have on you this season, win it beating you three or four times, this would be the perfect time to at least take a step in that direction. Maybe not fully do it. But do it on the road against a team that's hot, that's won, I think, six in a row now. Yeah. And to knock them off on their home ice with their starting goalie in net, it'd be a big accomplishment. And you did it three weeks ago against the starting goalie on the road, Jordan Bennington on the road. Why not do it again, right? Yeah, and we've, we talked about, as we've talked about this central battle, central division battle, we talked about the ebbs and flows that you're going to see in the standings and the constant shuffling. And right now the Stars are in a spot where they're not in a full-on lull. They've been playing good hockey, but so are, so are the Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues. And the Blues went in again tonight. They've moved six points ahead of the Stars. And this is this right. is an opportunity, right? This is, this is about as crucial a game as you're going to see because – you can either move this back to within a four-point game with a game in hand, or you're sitting eight points back. And eight points back, yes, it's overcomable, but with less than 20 games to play, that is a that is a tall, tall task. You know, the, the Blues will have won seven in a row. They they'll be flying. This yep. is a big game. This is we obviously you guys know about the four-point swing, but the Stars have to they have to take the positives from, that they learned against the Bruins. They have to focus on those figure out what they did wrong and could improve up, push their energy, emotion aside from this game, and focus on Saturday because every every game to this point feels like it's it's becoming the biggest game of the year. They've got to keep pace yeah. with St. Louis if they want to chase that one seed. And this is this is as bad a must win as you can get if you want to still have the have the the number one seed in the central division as a as a realistic target. If you lose, it really becomes a tall order tall order to try to, to catch back up to the blues. Right, and the Stars closed that gap over about a month and a half span from early January to mid-February. They closed, I believe it was an 11-point gap. But at this time, with the Blues rolling as they are, they've won six in a row. The Avalanche have won four in a row. You, There's no more easy games left, and there's no more games that you can just take off and kind of accept a loss because everything is so tight. Nashville, meanwhile, has won three in a row. They're 6-3-1 and one in their last ten so if you start to skid even a little bit, and sure, they're eight points back of you right now, but if you skid three games in a row, they could be two points back of you. 
And so yep. it's it's a quick it's got to be a quick rebound here for the Stars, a quick turnaround. And they've done a good job at that so far this year, not only on the second night of back-to-backs, but just in tough situations overall or in back-to-back tough situations. And this is the two best teams in the in the NHL, arguably. The two teams that went to the Stanley Cup last year, they sit atop their respective conferences. And you did some good things on Thursday against the Bruins, but you fell a goal short of a win. This time, you've got one chance to take another swing at the Blues before potentially the next time you would see them would be April or May. But you've got one more chance, and you got to you got to make it count, basically. And what better way to do that than on the road against the top team, against their starting goaltender, and get yourself right back in the race for first place in the division. So... Uh, an eventful weekend ahead for the Stars. After that, they'll come back home for a home-heavy March swing. Ten home games in the month of March. But before that, they've got to tackle this St. Louis game on Saturday. 7 p.m. puck drop on Fox Sports Southwest. It's promising to be a good one, just as it was three weeks ago at the Enterprise Center. But, Kenneth, that's about all we've got for this Friday episode. So before we roll into the weekend, why don't you throw the throw the typical line to us? Uh as always, go follow us on Twitter at Locked On Stars. That's the pod's Twitter account. Uh, we interact with y'all there. Y'all give us questions. We love to answer questions from there. And we've been throwing around the idea of a potential mailbag uh, episode maybe in the next it's coming. week we or a couple weeks, something there. That's going to be the easiest way to ask those questions. We'll see, we always see what y'all tweet at us, uh, and we generally will always get around to responding. Um, and we love the compliments. And we love, as everybody loves compliments, yes, we also love compliments. Uh, so go follow us there. Uh, go subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Hit subscribe so this shows up in your feed every single weekday. Go leave us a, leave us a review. Uh, and then you can follow our personal Twitters too, at Kenneth underscore Nash 19. That's me. And Josh is at Josh underscore Clark 02. If you want, as always, if you want. You don't have to follow me, I promise. I won't be that mad. If you want. But that's about all we've got, so we hope you enjoy your Friday. Kenneth, happy birthday, Luka Doncic. I thought you were telling me happy birthday. No. Hey, we've got another month for that. (laughs) Hold on. Hold your horses. Not everything's about you, Kenneth. It is. is. Uh, Happy birthday, Luka Doncic, 21 years old. One of those other young phenoms in the Dallas sports market. Yes, Kenneth, what do we got? Triple double against the Heat tonight. I'd be down with that. What a way to ring in twenty one, right? Uh, yeah. Most people would just go to a bar or something or vote. Who cares about I, that? I saw a nut stat, and we're going over time, but I have to read this to you. Okay, Brad Townsend, who covers the Mavs for the Dallas okay. Morning News, yeah, yeah, says he's being he's being told that Heat officials, my, they're playing in Miami. Miami yeah. Heat officials expect twenty five hundred. Slovenian fans, 15 Slovenian and three Serbian and two Spanish journalists for tomorrow night. Now, Luka, obviously, Slovenian. Goran Dragic, who plays for the Heat, also yep. Slovenian. They're good friends. So that's going to be, it's going to be from a neutral just to see that is nuts. And somebody responded said, that's, that is 0.125% of the Slovenian population. It would take, I don't know the math, so don't quote me, but it would take roughly 400,000 American citizens to go to Europe to watch a basketball game to match how many Slovenians are going to be at that game proportionally, which That's is nuts. Math. Yeah, that is okay. Don't quote me on that. Don't check it. Just believe it, right? I'll, I'm, I'm down with that. That sounds like most of the internet. Um, but that was just, just interesting. Just believe I was scrolling it. through Twitter while you were talking. Oh, as as you usually do. It's, it's <laughs> nothing new. I understand. I was seeing if they um, changed Ben's goal back. 
<laughs> Speaking of which, I doubt they ever will. Uh, they may just end up giving it to nobody. Who knows? Uh, it'll just be open to interpretation. It's If you want it, it it's your goal now. Um, but besides that, that's all we've got for this Friday episode. We hope you have a good weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Oh,